Hey, this is Kevin Purcell. We are the Small Church Podcast, and we're all about making your church healthier, not necessarily bigger, although we hope God will also bring the increase in that area. And uh, I'm here with my good friend, Robbie Smith. And we're just a couple of directors of missions who are wanting to help your small church become a healthy church. How you doing, Robbie? Man, I'm doing good. And I'm so glad that God's called you to be a director of missions. Man, uh, welcome to the team. I uh, thank you. I am too. Uh, the last show you heard, I was uh, introduced as the pastor of High Peak Baptist Church, and I'd, I'd really love it if you would pray for that church as they seek uh, their next pastor. Uh, they're in the very beginning stages of that. And my friend here, Robbie, is helping them do that, I hope. Yeah. Uh, I know he is, in fact. And uh, but uh, God has called me to become the director of missions for the Brushy Mountain Baptist Association, and that's exciting. I'm looking forward to jumping in. But today we're going to talk about uh, the very thing that we talk about every week, really, and that is how uh, to help your church grow healthy. And um, these are really six things that we have found from Chuck Lawless. Robbie wants to tell us about Chuck Chuck's great. Goes he he's a professor at Southeastern Seminary, and he worked with churches and associations to help make them healthier, and to reach the community for Christ. So these are six ideas that he came, at, that he wrote down that from an article that we both read, but uh, we agree with it wholeheartedly. So thought we'd just jump in. Yeah, and we'll put the link to that so you can read it, and then also read other things from Chuck from the. Baptist State Convention of North Carolina's website. That's the state that we're in, uh, ncbaptist.org. And so we'll put that in the show notes so you can find that article. But let's just go ahead and talk about, uh, this week we're going to talk about three of these things. There's six of them. We're going to talk about the first three, and then we'll talk about the other three next time. How's that? Sounds great. Okay, well, this first one, uh, he says, a healthy church is committed to the Word of God as its authority. So tell me about that. What, what do you think, how does a church make the Word of God its authority? Well, number one, it's not your opinion or my opinion or our preferences is what God's Word says. Yeah. You know, we take all kinds of issues and, and put it against the litmus test of what God's Word says. So elevating His Word, and how do we do that? First of all, You've been a preacher for a long time. We preach His Word, not our opinions, right? Right. And so we preach His Word. But other things we can do, making sure we read it publicly. Kevin, I can't tell you how many times I've been in worship services and the pastor may never open Scripture. Or he, he may be talking about something and that God wants you to do this or that, but he doesn't make scripture an important part of his message so of course in our message we need to do that but i think having times where our people pray or excuse me read scripture publicly in the worship service yeah that can be helpful it gets more people involved for one but more importantly it it says this is so important that we want to involve more than just the preacher in it and so it's it's not only just uh making the Word of God come alive more and be more um, a part of our service, but it's also a signal to say, 
the Word of God needs to be more important in our worship services as well. Yeah, and I think it's, it could start not only with the pastor, but the worship leader uh, between songs, reading parts of Scripture, starting the service with Scripture. Uh, I saw recently a family came up and read the Scripture together. We see that sometimes at Christmas time, but in a regular service, why not do that? Have a single come up. Uh, someone varied ages come up and do that. Or a small youth group. Mm-hmm. Just And sometimes you can do it not only at the platform, but give them a microphone and have them stand up at a certain time where they read it from the, from the uh, pews or the chairs. Yeah, and I think a, a third thing, or whatever number thing, number next, as you always say, is the idea of your preaching. A lot of pastors like to say they're biblical preachers, but they kind of just use a passage of Scripture as their springboard. You know, uh, I'm going to go swimming, so I jump off this diving board into my opinions. But this verse here sounds real good. long time ago I had uh, the experience, I was reading online, a guy made a comment, Here is a great sermon the Lord gave me. And he had three points in a poem, I think. And then he said, and there's a whole bunch of verses in the Bible that really support this. And I was like, buddy, I think you're doing it wrong. (laughs) I didn't say that, but uh, that's what I was thinking. If you're going to be expository, the the message has to come out of the word, not the other way around. But see, and that's what you just said, a key word, I think, that we need to bring out. You're an expositional preacher. You know, you, you preach books of the Bible uh, but even topical preachers can be expositional. Yep. And seek what the Word says first. Don't go find Scripture that matches what you want to say. Find out what the Word is saying and tell that. That's where the power comes. And when we, make, when we elevate God's Word in our worship services and in everything we do in the church, it reminds the people that it is the authority. And not us necessarily. It's God's Word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can talk all day on that topic. (laughs) But let's move on. The second thing is a healthy church is not a perfect church, but they continually strive to follow Christ and make disciples. I think Chuck makes a really good point here. Uh, Expound on that for us. Well, I think it's great to make disciples, but I think, too, we need to consider making disciple-makers making it where we make disciples who know that they are to reproduce themselves. You know, Kevin, before we started recording today, we talked about some different tools that people will use. But uh, to do that, I think the intentionality, I would say, and I know I'll get some pushback from some pastors, but discipleship doesn't just happen during the Sunday worship hour. It's got to be that private time when you're meeting with one or two people. You know, men meet with men, women meet with women. But uh, And you go through a process of raising one another up in God's Word. Some of the things I think you mentioned, Master Life, that it was something that was very impactful in your life. Yeah, Master Life was a course that was written by T.W. Hunt, I believe, back in like the 70s in Baptist life. Don't and act like that was so long ago. Oh, he was. was my was professor <laughs> in seminary. Yeah, I was just a wee bit of kid. <laughs> but a young a man took me under his wing as a young man and invited me to join a master life group that he was teaching. 
And that course, going through that course, is one of the ways the Lord used to solidify in my mind and in my heart my call to the ministry, mm-hmm. uh, along with other things. But that was one of the tools that, that God used. And so I think this is important. And we have to remember, you know, I got my degree, uh, my doctoral degree is in preaching, okay? So I believe in preaching. It's something I've spent a lot of time trying to hone my craft. But a few years ago in my church when I was a pastor, it began to hit me that discipleship is best done when it's one-on-one or one-on-a-few, that it's much more effective. It's, you go deeper, and it really can be more eternal, I think, when you do that. You can get up and preach. Jesus preached to the crowd, but he also dealt with the few. And so we need to do the same in the healthy church if you want to be healthy. And, you know, some other tools. Uh, I know Robbie Gallaty has yeah. a lot of materials. Uh, they're still experiencing God materials. I think you were saying they just rewrote it. Yeah, uh, it is. It's uh, fairly new, and they're, they're um, doing great things with it. Experiencing God is, is a, an excellent tool. Uh, they've made it. I think they've made it a little bit more user-friendly now than it used to be. But. And then one of our favorites is the G3 material, you can look up G3 discipleship material. It's the imperative life. Chuck Campbell came up with it, a friend mm-hmm. of ours. And y'all, we've taken numerous uh, numbers of people uh, through that. And the whole thing there is not, it's not an end in itself where they just learned information. It's we prepare them for whom they are going to be discipling, therefore becoming disciple makers who make disciples. And one of the great things about that G3 is you can get it for free. And Chuck is happy for you to get it for free. I just talked to him recently. I think he's sort of maybe rewriting it, coming up with a new version of it. If you just go to imperativelife.org, then uh, you can find it there and download it. Um, And it's a great tool. He also has a Facebook group if you need to get suggestions and help on how to use that. But it's really powerful. So, Kevin, if somebody's listening to this and they're saying, well, I go to a Sunday school class or I'm in a small group, isn't that enough? Is that enough? Uh, no. And the reason is Sunday school, at least in Southern Baptist circles, was designed to be an evangelistic tool. A lot of people don't realize that, but it really was designed originally to be an evangelistic tool. We've tried to make it the primary discipleship tool in the church. And it, it can be, I suppose, if you do it the right way. I've just never seen it done well enough. Um, but I think it's one of the tools you can use to help in your discipleship. But we really need to work harder at doing the one-on-one and one-on-a-few kinds of discipleship. Well, let's look at that third one. The healthy church works to do well all six purposes of the church. Now, I used to think there were five purposes. What's the sixth purpose? Well, what are those five plus one, six purposes? Well, worship. A uh, big one to me is evangelism. Of course, discipleship, which we just talked about. Ministry or service. Uh, and then prayer and fellowship. I said them all. Yeah, you've got all six of them <laughs> yeah. there. I used to always think of prayer as part of worship. And, um, you know, there was uh, the, the, what is the book that was uh, the keys, five keys to a healthy, effective church or something yeah. like that. Yeah. that um, was written several years ago, and then I know he's not thought of as well as he used to be, but uh, uh, Rick Warren had his purpose-driven church was built around those five purposes. But, you know, worship, 
we know worship. We do a whole podcast on worship, yeah. and we have a little bit in the past. Evangelism, we just talked about it the last two weeks, so go back and look at those. We've just spent the last five minutes talking about discipleship or more. What's ministry service? What is that? Doing things for others. Uh, you know, every Sunday school class ought to be doing some service project, some mission project, going on a mission trip. It could be out of the country, but it could be down the street, doing something for other people. And then fellowship, that's having a, a dinner at church, right? Yeah. Yes, part of it. <laughs> yeah. But you can have it in people's homes. Here's one thing, Sunday school, small groups, every time you have a fellowship, invite everybody who's on your roll, whether or not they attend. Yeah. Well, now, why would we do that? Because every person on the roll is your mission field or part of your mission field. So invite them to come. Everybody would come to our fellowship. Now, one thing to remember on here, Kevin, it was... The, uh, third, a healthy church works to do well all six purposes. How many times have we been in churches that we've seen people just throw the worship together oh, yeah. uh, and not be prepared? Or Sunday school teachers, small group teachers, just uh, flying by the seat of their pants, so to speak. Yep. Or reading the quarterly, shoot me dead. You know, <laughs> We need to do things as if unto the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, uh, y'all come on up here and let's practice this song we're going to do in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Or y'all won't remember this because I'm old, but uh, the old cassettes used to have what we called the J cards in them. And it would be when soloists would get up to sing, they might take the J card up there and it's written in the font of four or five. It's really small. And so they're holding this J card up and they haven't really looked at the music mm-hmm. and uh, they're winging it. And that is not sacrificial. We are to sacrifice for the Lord and do things well for the cause of Christ. Now, next week, we're going to talk more about this idea of prayer. That's the one I always kind of didn't really think of as one of the five purposes of the church. I would put it with worship. We'll talk more about that. But prayer really probably ought to be a sixth separate thing because it's such a... A prayer is like the oil in your engine. You know, your engine can run without it, without oil in it, but it won't run long <laughs> and it right. won't run well. <laughs> right. So so I think it's important for us to do that. Well, those are those three. Tell us what you think. Um, what ideas do you have for how to make those things, those three things that we just talked about, which were, uh, you know, the healthy church is committed to the word. Uh, it's not perfect, but they continually strive to follow Christ in making disciples. And then the third one we talked about was they fulfill those five purposes, worship, evangelism, discipleship, ministry and service, prayer, and fellowship. And, you know, we'll probably maybe do a series of six podcasts on those things in the future. Absolutely. But uh, uh, tell us what you think. and What are some great ways that we can uh, do a better job of uh, following those three things? And listen to us next time. Hopefully in about a week or two, we'll put up the next one where we'll talk about Um, the clear outward focus, passionate about reaching the nations, and then finally that thing of prayer being a part of your DNA as a church. But thanks for listening. I hope you'll um, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. And uh, where you subscribe, give us a review if you like it. If you don't like it, well, give us a good review anyway and just lie to your friends. No, recommend it. Share it with other people. We're trying to grow this thing, and we want to help your church become healthy Uh, as well as growing stronger 
in the Lord. Thank you.